Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Chad Jarvis. And how are you doing today, Chad? I'm doing I'm doing incredibly well, considering we took all three points at Craven Cottage today, and you know <laughs> we played we we played we played really 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 good. Our best win since I think Manchester United. So I yeah. mean, it's been a long time coming. So how are you today? I'm doing well. I feel like I, uh, you're taking the piss a little bit. For those who don't know, during our last recording session, and this was deleted on the podcast, but. Uh, I said Craven College instead of Craven Cottage, <laughs> and we had to pull like the whole thing back. So little peek behind the curtain for for all of you listening there. Uh, so oh. yeah, Chad's taking the piss here, but uh, what a fucking win! Can I just tell you? I mean, the testicular fortitude to fucking score <laughs> in the third minute and then just park the bus, hold on, bend but don't break against the top side in the league as of the recording of this podcast, my goodness, what a win. And I mean, I'm a believer now. I mean, I I was a believer before, but now I'm really a believer that this system is going to just continue to work for us. You know, obviously we're going to have little slips and falls here. I'm not saying we're going to win, you know, what is it? 24 games left in the season. But at the same time, I am just so impressed with, how well we've worked. And I mean, this was in spite of the fact that we were missing a few key players, like both off the bench and in the first team. I mean, we had no Ben Davies. We had, you know, Jackie Longthrow coming in for him. There was no McGoldrick, no McBurney. I mean, I don't know where Lise Mousset has been. I have no clue. Is he injured? I don't know. But with one actual striker on the bench in Ollie Burke, who I don't know. I thank goodness he didn't, <laughs> he didn't come on and play. I, I, but then again, look, I mean, I've, I've slagged off Jackie long throw a lot. He comes in, in this game and he, he plays fantastic. I mean, the best game that he's played for us since what Everton away. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the side that we beat Everton away. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, just a great performance across the board Really, we didn't have a lot of feet put wrong in this game. And this is the kind of win, Chad, in my humble opinion, that just sees you rocket up the league. You know, the confidence that the lads must be feeling feeling at this point is, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't, I, I can't put it to words, man. Like, you know, I feel like we can beat anybody now. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked over what the last three or so podcasts, this is this was going to be our, our marker, you know. We didn't play too bad when we faced Bournemouth, but that was still with Big Slav in charge. And now Heckingbottoms had a few games in charge, and then he had his first marker today and went and beat Fulham. I mean, so it kind of looks like the, the team is, like, re-energized, and they are back to their old – like, we're back to the wilder days. Like – Free flowing, and we can do whatever we want, and we can we're confident when we're on the ball, and then we can defend like crazy, and all we need is one goal, and we're good. We can defend for the rest of the game. Yeah, it leaves us supporters on the edge of our seat the entire game because you know we all think, hey, the opposing team's goal is coming. Like I thought Fulham were gonna get two or three goals today, and like you know, certainly it's gonna come, 
and this is going to be a level game. We're going to take a share of the points, but you know, it never came. And I'm starting to believe, you know, pessimistic me, I'm starting to believe a little bit, you know, it gives us a shot. It gives us a shot. Absolutely. And this was like, the thing is, Chad, is this was a smash mouth sort of classic championship fixture here. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the ref kept the whistle in his hand for, for long stretches of this game. We didn't give away cheap fouls. And I, you know, I mean, there were hard tackles that were going in. I mean, really solid, just kind of championship play. And I, you know, I think that full of, and I, you know, I had this written down to say later in the podcast, but I mean, constantly throughout this game, it just felt like both the fans uh, there at Fulham, the Fulham supporters and, and the, and the team itself, they were just a bunch of whiny piss babies, you know, fucking entitled, like, you know, crowding the ref every turn. I mean, I I don't know. I just, maybe they do belong in the premier league. (laughs) it, It kind of felt like we were going up against a premier league side because I mean, I didn't have the announcers turned all the way up on, on our end of the, uh, the stream, but it was just like, man, they wanted Fulham to win this game so bad. And it was like, they gave us virtually no shot. Then we get the goal. And then even though we, you know, we had played good for a majority of the first half, you would have thought Fulham were still like a goal or two ahead. And it's just like, are you guys not even giving us, giving us a shot? And Fulham, like Fulham looked like a premier league side when, like Mitrovic would fall in the box and try to penalty. They were trying to f- draw fouls. They were trying on just like soft challenges. And it's just like, okay, wait, wait, what another six months and you'll be in the premier league. Then you can try and get all these fouls when you're finishing 20th in the league. I don't like how Fulham style was. It was too yeah. premier league ish for this championship league. Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there, Chad. And I mean, more to your point about the, you know, the commentators, I don't, I'm not sure who we got here in the United States, but God, were they sucking Fulham's dick so hard the whole game. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I want to apologize if, if you're like, you know, younger listening to this podcast, I, I want to apologize for all the harsh language that that's been going on so far in this episode. But I mean, there's just no proper way to kind of convey the, the emotions that I'm feeling right now. I mean, I like was jumped out of my seat. I was singing. I yelled so much during this game at my TV. I mean, if my neighbors were listening to me, they probably would have thought I was just absolutely insane. (laughs) (laughs) It's good though. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, Chad, I'm a believer. I think this system under Hecky is going to take us all the way back into the top six into a solid playoff position, you know, fingers crossed. And, I mean, we've got some opportunities to do just that. You know, obviously we have a game in hand here as our game against QPR was called off. We have to play that. It's I don't know when. I don't know when they're going to reschedule it. But at, at some point here in the second half of the season, that fixture will be rescheduled. But... Yeah, I mean, what what a game. What do you see we get into reviewing it minute by minute here? Yeah, let's do it. So in the second minute, Cavallio on the right-hand side dinked in a ball looking for Mitrovic, but uh, it was caught by clean sheet Wes. See what I did there? He's back to clean sheet Wes. Yep. And, then, and then third minute, one of the goals of the season, if not the goal of the season thus far. Norwood just kind of twatted it out into the midfield, and Illiman and Jaye gets on it. I mean, dribbles about 
from like 10 yards within Sheffield United's half of the pitch all the way downfield, takes it to the edge of the box and just passes the ball into the back of the net with a bit of a bend, gets it past the Fulham keeper, Rodak. And I don't know about you, Chad, but like I said, I went absolutely apeshit, like bananas. Yeah, I did too. I, I saw him. Okay, he's on the ball. He's going to pass it at some point. You know, he kept running. And then he turned the full defender like inside out and then hit it. And I was like, oh, it's going to go wide. And it curled in. I was like, what did I just see here? I, it, it took a minute. I had my hands on my head. I was like, we just scored against Fulham. I was like, I had no idea. And if anybody listened to the previous podcast, I had us losing 3-0. I was like, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We're up 1-0. Oh, my God. The inevitable is going to happen. The inevitable is going to happen. I was like, oh, my God. It was incredible. I mean, like I said, I was jumping up and down. I was singing, we are the blades. We are the blades. Oh, we are. We are the blades. And, uh, you know, as loud as I could, like, I again, the whole neighborhood probably heard me. Uh, but I don't care. What a goal. What a goal from Illumin and Jaye. And then after that, I mean, like, <laughs> it seemed like right after that, that was the third minute. It it, it just felt like we're, we were going to park the bus. I mean, we ceded possession time and time again, and then they just cycled it back. And, I, you know, I don't – it, it's not the same as, like, last season. I mean, but I think – kind of in the back of our head still we're like well Fulham are a good fucking team so I don't feel like we wanted to take as many risks so you know the easy clearances happened like pretty much time and time again and then they would cycle the ball back and and try again but uh they were really really going hard down their right hand side of the pitch like our defensive left and with good reason I mean that is our weaker side of the pitch and I mean that was evident especially in that first half did you notice that Chad yeah, I mean, you could see they, they had a game plan. They they probably waited for the team sheet to come out, and they're like, this is the side of the, the pitch that we're going to attack. And, I mean, our minute-by-minute minute review could probably go from the goal going in, and then we could sum it up with Fulham having a lot of possession for the rest of the game. They had a couple of chances, and then the full-time whistle. Because, in all honesty, as much possession as Fulham had in this game, they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. They had two shots on target. I think they had sh- like eight total shots and two of them were on target. So it's like you had like 80% possession and didn't do anything with this ball. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, that comes down to us holding our shape very well. And really, we are just so solid in defense. The only like real defensive hiccup, ironically, that I noticed uh, was... Really, I, I, I felt like for a lot of the game, that battle between uh, Jaden Bogle and was it Cabano? Yeah, yep. I mean, I, I just thought Cabano kind of had Bogle's number. I mean, he was so much faster. He was getting in behind him. But Cabano had himself a bit of a shocker in this game, didn't he, Chad? Yeah, he didn't. In my opinion, he didn't play very well. I mean, he would get past Bogle sometimes, and then you could tell at the end of the game, Bogle was just like dead tired because he'd been det- – defending for so long but cabana would get past him and put a cross in and it would just be awful it would either be short and go out or it would go over everybody and we would just get the ball and then recycle it so it, it was kind of almost a letdown from one of their wide players that usually swings the ball into mitrovich and mitrovich is able to put his head on the ball and score his goals yeah and and, and that was lacking from foam today 
Absolutely. Absolutely, Chad. Well, the next real chance came in the 12th minute, and that was for Fulham as Fabio Cavallo passed the ball to Harry Wilson on the right-hand side, and he took a shot that was blocked. And, I mean, you're going to hear me say that several times because we got a lot of good blocks in in this game. And then in the 18th minute, Tete put in a fantastic ball over the top to Mitrovic, and he took it first time, uh, and the shot came. It went way to like the left-hand side of uh, West Fodderingham's net. Like he was outstretched, but it was never going to be close. But you could see a little bit of like Mitrovic's quality there, like taking that first time. I think if he had actually taken the touch and tried to get a shot off, I think it was covered. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was Jack Robinson or John Egan, but one of our center backs was was back there kind of covering. But yeah, taking that first time was a, a great bit of difficulty like on the part of Mitrovic. So, you know, kind of credit yeah. to him there. But uh, again, I didn't really see a lot from him besides the chance that we'll talk about at the end of the game. But in the 22nd minute, Harrison Reed took a shot from the right-hand side of the box that was blocked by Egan, I think. And then in the 35th minute, Cavallo got the ball to Cabano outside the box, who tried a shot, and again, it was blocked. So block, 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 block. I mean, that's, it was, you know, hold our form, hold our shape, and and, and defend properly, get good blocks in, clear the ball out, recycle it, and do it again. That was, like, really, really, from the third minute, like like you said, Chad, un, until full time. I mean, that was... Yeah. That was how it went. The next real chance came from Cabano in the 44th minute as Sari took a set piece that found Tim Ream, who headed it back across goal. It fell to Cabano, and he took a shot, and it went wide. There were appeals for a corner as it looked um, as if Jack Robinson might have gotten like a little touch to it, but nothing was given. And I, I already talked about this, Chad, but yeah, a bunch of whiny piss babies, Fulham. And, and, yeah, their, it, and their supporters. It, it was almost like everything that, did, like, when something wouldn't go their way, they would immediately turn to the ref. Like, Mitrovic was in the ref's face. Every time something didn't go their way, he would throw his hands up and run to the ref and be like, how is this not getting called our way? And then the ref would just – and by the way, I thought the ref had an awesome game today. You Like, the best kind of refs are the refs you don't hear anything from. You didn't hear anything from today's ref. He didn't – because he was on Sky – he didn't make himself known. It was flashing yellow cards and doing fancy presentations of yellow cards and making himself known. He just had a good game on yeah. both ends. And there were fouls on both sides that could have been called back, but he played advantage or he he was right there. He had eyes on it, didn't think it was foul and put and said play on and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know what it is about Fulham, but they were just trying to get all the calls and i i was just getting frustrated because i was like if this ref cracks and gives them you know a cheap corner or a cheap set piece and they score i'm gonna be freaking pissed yep yeah absolutely chad i i think the the ref called it relatively fairly i you know i don't think fulham supporters will will see it that way obviously but i mean from from a sheffield united perspective i thought that the game was called very fairly and I didn't have any issue with it. Yep. So at some point in the half, both like both the law firm Morgan Gibbs White and Clean Sheet Wes both went down, and 
you know, I was scared that neither of them was going to be able to continue and that we were going to have to make substitutions like, you know, in the first half. But Morgan Gibbs White got up. He was able to continue. Same with Wes. And a little bit more about Morgan Gibbs White here. I thought he had a very forgettable half, maybe his worst half, I think, of the season. And there were a lot of unforced errors, both from him and at times, Iliman and Jaya. I thought Njaya had the better game, obviously. He took his goal very well. But Morgan Gibbs White in particular, like he tried like these little flicks like around the corner or back passes, and they were just back passes to no one. And yep. it was just like, ho- lad, hold on to the ball, mate. Like, for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah, it's like, I don't know what it is. It is this game isn't the first game they've had that this issue. It's like they get the ball in space and they want to try and like dink it over a defender or go through a defender's legs. And, you know, the championship defenders aren't like the best defenders, but they're like, they know how to defend. So when you try and pull that little trickeration stuff, it's not necessarily going to work. And I guess, cause they're young and they see it on, on the internet and all that stuff. They think, Oh, I'm going to try this in the game. And then when it doesn't work, it's just when something like that goes wrong, it's so frustrating. And, more, more to agree with the law firm. I don't know if he picked up the injury early in the first half and just kind of like played through it. And then he, towards the end of the first half, he's like, oh, this is a bad injury. And he just like, he just did not look good for like a majority of that first half. And, you know, as you're going to lead to, he's inevitably going to get subbed off. But, and I hope the injury is not as bad as it looked to where he had to be taken off and only, Maybe he's only out for the rest of the Christmas period. You, you know, you don't yeah. want anything to where Wolves call him back in, in January and he's going to be done. They'll shove him for the rest of the season, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope he gets better and soon. I mean, it would be great if it wasn't super serious and he's available for selection against Preston North End on Saturday. Yeah. Or that that's Sunday. I apologize. So, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. It's Boxing Day. It's Sunday. Boxing Day. Yep. So because of all of those injuries, we get four minutes of stoppage time in the first half. And then in the first minute of stoppage time, a rare spell of not a ton of possession, but some possession and attacking football from Sheffield United as Connor Horahan got it on the left-hand side and tried to put in a cross that was punched out by Rodak, but right to Norwood, who seeing the keeper out of position, tried to float in a shot over the back line, but Rodak got back into position and saved it. I mean, if he had taken that maybe one or two seconds prior to that, and if he had hit it with any more venom, might have been 2-0. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where, you know, the ball just seemed to bounce on him right before he was able to get himself collected and hit the shot, so it kind of just floated it in there. But if he was able to hit that with any sort of pace, oh, yeah, without a doubt, that's 2-0. Yep, yep. And then in the fourth and final minute of stoppage time, Basham gave away a corner, and it was taken by Sari of Fulham, but it was caught right by clean sheet Wes, and halftime was called. And my goodness, I mean, Wes had a really, really good first half. I mean, he had a great game overall, but everything that came into the box was his to collect, you know? Yep, yeah. I mean, he's doing a fine job, you know, in – over the last couple of matches, he hasn't necessarily had a lot to do. And today he got, you know, he only had two shots on target, but it was sustained pressure from Fulham. Yep. And, you know, 
it's good to see that with the sustained pressure from Fulham, he didn't crack under the pressure and let one, like, you know, drop one in front of goal, like, you know, Ramsdale would have did last year where he would, drop, where he would go to catch it and drop it in front of it and they would, they would tap it in. Nope. Calm and cool, collected, collected the ball and then played it out of the back. He did everything we, we asked him. That's all we need him to do. Yep. Absolutely. And I think this further speaks to, you know, like you don't need a world-class keeper in the championship. If you have a solid back line who will make it easy on your keeper as our back line did in this game. I mean, you don't need someone who's world-class and I, you know, I think our back line and league one West, or I'm sorry, clean sheet West proved that yet again tonight. It, you know, it, it's been, it's been stated. I think the boys on blades pod said it just be average. That's my motto for this season. Just be average. And look, we're just being, we're just being good enough. I mean, aside from tonight where we played, in my opinion, this was probably our best game of the season. But you just have to be average, and we'll climb ourselves up the table. And look, we're one game out of the playoffs, just kind of being average. We're not doing anything fancy. We're not scoring a ton of goals. We're not, giving, we're not conceding goals. We're just being middle of the road average. Average is good enough to get you where we want to be in this league. Right you are, Chad. Right you are. So we start the second half here. Morgan Gibbs-White is subbed off for center Berge, and it was good to see him. I mean, I thought he had a positive impact on the game. This probably wasn't going to be a game he was going to be dominating in just because, you know, we were playing so defensively. But even in defense, Sander Berge did, like, the little things that you really like to see. And this was something that I noticed in watching the game. You know, like, he'd stand in between attacking player and a player on the wing that that attacking player wanted to slip the ball to, you know, so they could get like down the wing to open themselves up for a cross. And he just like did the little, just the little things, those little nuanced things, those intangibles that don't appear on a stat sheet, but make you so happy and are just, just speak to the quality of a player. And so I just kind of want to acknowledge Sander Berge for, for doing that for a lot of the second half. Yeah. I mean, he, in, in more to your point, like the little things, he cut the ball out. He tracked back on the fence and he was back there. You know, he wasn't giving it his all defending, but if a ball was astray or something, he would clear it out of there. So, I mean, at least he, he didn't get subbed in and just kind of stand around, just like jog from time to time. He was, he was behind the team. He helped us get over the line. And that's all we could ask for. So the first real opportunity for Fulham came in the 54th minute as Anthony Robinson got down the left-hand side of the pitch for Fulham. He got it to Naskins Cabano, who put in a cross for Mitrovic, who headed the ball up and over the left-hand side of the goal. And it was one of the better chances, you know, like in the first part of the second half for Fulham there. But still, against a worse defending side, that's that's a, you know a, a goal that's usually scored by Mitrovic. If I mean, if he gets a good head on that, you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, I was listening to Hal and, and Nick from Chef United Way, and they had a good point. They said Mitrovic is, you know, you can tell why he's not a upper echelon, like, Premier League striker because he has two sides to his game. He's got one where he's really, really good and where he has scored coming into this game 21 goals in 22 games or – the game like he had today where he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. He couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. Like every chance that came to him, 
he just was like he we frustrated him enough where he we knocked him off his game. Absolutely. And you could tell. I mean, like obviously he was like crowding the ref when things weren't going his way and yeah, I mean, we you could really tell how much we were frustrating not just him but the the whole Fulham side, really. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was a decent chance, and this was like one of our only decent chances in the second half here for Sheffield United as we won a free kick in a good position, like I want to say about like 22 yards out, and it was taken by Hodehan, and he was trying to pick out Egan, but it fell kind of to bash him, and it just like went off of his knee and then, or his upper thigh, and then out of play, but he was like coming in there. If that had fallen to his foot... You have to feel he would have had a good chance on net there because he was wide open. Yeah, you can see his facial expression when the ball hit him in the chest. He was going to nail that thing too. And he just he throws his head back. He's like, oh. So you know he just missed it. Yeah, it, it's funny because like he didn't look too, you know, arsed about it or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah he, he, was, he, he was a little disappointed in himself there. Yep. 63rd minute, Harrison Reed got a, a ball to Harry Wilson, and he took a shot that was blocked. 75th minute, I mean, Fulham looked primed to score here as Tete got it to the byline and crossed the ball, and it fell for Naskins Cabano, and he passed the ball to Mitrovic in the box. He took a couple of dribbles and then took a shot that was ultimately like soft as Charmin, soft as toilet paper for, for those in, in the UK. And clean sheet Wes gets it and, you know, covers it. And, uh, yeah, easiest save that Wes is going to make in, in, in this game there, you know? Oh, for sure. And, you know, like you said, like when it got past 70th minute, you could feel Fulham start to turn the screw and you're like, okay, there's a goal coming. There's a goal coming. So every time they had an attacking chance on our side of the field, it was like, here comes a goal. Here comes a goal. Here comes a goal. And, you know, we saw it out. We cleared it out. We got it out of there. Yep. Yep. Your inner cynic showing up there, Chad, just thinking yep. we're going to concede. We're going to concede. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, there were several points in this game, like, especially after the that 75th minute, like you said, where I was like, oh, we are certainly keen to concede here. But no, we held our form. We did. In the 78th minute following that, that chance from Fulham, Illiman and Jaye made a nice little run and slipped it through to Billy Sharp, who was offside, but oh man, he took just the sweetest of finishes, regardless of the fact that he was caught offside. I mean, it would have been a stunning, stunning goal, but yep. flag goes up and it's Fulham's ball. 82nd minute, Cabano tried a shot that was wide and to the left, and then fuck all happened until you know, those four minutes of stoppage time, really. Yeah. The only chance that Fulham got, and this was the scariest moment of the game, and in classic Sheffield United fashion, you know, I mean, hold on to that heart medication when you watch Sheffield United, of course. <laughs> because in the 91st minute, Cabano got the ball wide to a wide, wide open Mitrovic. I do not, he's like the most, most dangerous player on the pitch, and we leave him fucking wide on the left-hand side. Right. He took a touch, shot it with his right foot. It hits like the corner where the crossbar and the post meet. It immediately falls to Harry Wilson, who was like not eight yards out. He takes a shot 
and it, he's absolutely skies it. Fulham should have should be really disappointed not to score there. I mean, they should they they should have drawn the game level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you the ball falls to a wide open Mitrovic, you when I saw the ball fall to him, I was like, "Yep. This is goal. Yep, yep, yep. This oh my god, he missed it. Oh, did Harry Wilson's going to bury it. Nope. Oh, over the bar. Thank God. Today is our day. Today that's what I said. Today is our day. When they miss when they missed two wide open goals like that, yep, I knew, I knew it was our day, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to get my hopes up in the moment, but I kind of thought I was like, yep, that's it. That's Fulham's last chance. They're not going to have much. We'll probably mess around here at the back, clear it a couple more times, and then that'll be it. Yep, yeah. I won't say it was a shit housery like masterclass, but I mean, we did a little bit of shit housing today. Typically, we don't. That's not our game at all. But look, against the top side, you're up, you know, in like, you know, after the 75th minute, there's going to be a little bit of shit houseery, just like a little bit. I mean, what, West got, West got a yellow card in the first half for wasted time? Come on. Come <laughs> you on. never see that. You never see that. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, come on. So anyway, the rest of the stoppage time just kind of blazes through and full time is called Sheffield United. Our best three points of the season definitively beating number one in the league, Fulham, and it's party time, baby. I can't imagine what the atmosphere must have been like on the coaches back back to Sheffield to, tonight. My goodness. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Chad, who was your man of the match in this game? I have a sneaking suspicion I know who it's going to be. No, but... I think I'm going to go different. I think I'm going to go – I think the club awarded and die – the man of the match, but I'm going to go different and I'm going to go, I'm just going to go with Egan. He played a very good game in defense, cleared all balls, had Mitrovic basically in his back pocket because every time Mitro tried to get away from him, every time he turned around, Egan was there. So yeah, I'll go John Egan as my man of the match. There was a great meme, and I don't know if you saw this. I think we we retweeted it, the Red Half of Sheffield Twitter page retweeted it, but it said something to the effect of John Egan, when, when he gets home, checks for these four things. Keys, wallet, cell phone, Alexander Mitrovich. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic stuff. I, I can't remember who created that. Otherwise, I'd give them on-air credit here. But uh, yeah, fantastic meme there. So I'm going to go with somebody who, I mean, we have slagged off so much on this podcast. And that is Jackie Longthroat, Jack Robinson. I thought he was very solid at the back. You know, he didn't do anything that amazed me. Like he, 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 he didn't have any fancy play at his feet, but he just put in a workmanlike performance, you know, just one of these like journeyman workmanlike performance and all credit to him. I, I, you know, it's funny, like literally on the last podcast, I was like, well, we absolutely need to bring in a left-hand center back come the transfer window. And then he comes into the side puts in a great performance. We get a clean sheet. And now I'm like, well, I mean, do we really need another left-handed center back? If Ben yeah, Davies I'm... goes down, God forbid, and he's down for a long period of time. I mean, if Ben Davies is out for personal reasons in, in this game today, but you know, like God forbid. Yeah. I mean, I mean he filled in good. I, I still think 
I would still like to put someone over him. You know, obviously if Ben Davies went down, we'd have to use him. But if, you know, we were lucky enough to find somebody on loan to, you know, cover that left-hand side, maybe in January, maybe if Ben Davies did go down, I'd feel more comfortable. But if we got to, you know, Jackie Long throw, he's had good games and he's had bad. Today he had, he just had a good one. You know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Definitely. So we have a, another game this weekend. It is the Boxing Day game, which is one of my favorite fixtures. I always look forward to it on the calendar because no matter what, I know definitively I'm going to have that day off. And mm-hmm. we've got Preston North End, and this is going to be at Deepdale. This is a 3 p.m. GMT start time. That means classic 7 a.m. start time for me. So... Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not going to be a 4:30 a.m. my time start. And Preston North End have been really up and down lately. I mean, well deserving of 15th in the championship at this point. They beat Barnsley this past Saturday. Previously, they lost to Rovers at Ewood Park. They drew Fulham. They beat Middlesbrough away from home, and then prior to that, they lost to Cardiff at Deepdale. So yeah, up and down form for them them recently but who are the players that we need to look out for as far as Preston North End are concerned Chad well we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to look for the guy that you know hit the equalizer earlier in the season against us at Bramall Lane to to split the points we're gonna have to look out for email Reese Jakobsen man he, he's their best goal goal scorer he's got eight goals on the year and other than that I mean they have the likes of Ben Whiteman who have four goals. They can score from basically all over the pitch. But if it's not Jakobsen or Ben Whiteman, they've got a couple goals sprinkled in here and there. You know, they've got Daniel Johnson's got three. But other than that, they really don't have many like big time goal scorers. And they sit 15th in the league on 28 points. So we sit on 11th. On 32 points, oh, man, this is a tight – this is going to be a tight affair. And, and we all know from the, the previous game early in the season, it was a back-and-forth affair. You know, they had to hit a winner in the – or the, an equalizer in the 94th minute to take points from us. Other than that, we would have we would have probably seen the game out and taken three points from them. So I'm looking for us to play better than we did when we played them at Bramall Lane early in the season. And, and I, I think we're going to keep this role going, and we're going to take all three points. Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I just think, like, when we played them at Bramall Lane earlier in the season, I mean, that was when we were not on the best of form. No. You know? And we were playing Jakanovic's system at the time, and it wasn't working for us. Now playing Hecky's system, being on the good run of form we're on, I think this is a game that we're going to take to him and that yeah. we're probably going to win and hopefully handily too. Yeah, I agree with that. Who do you want to see start for Sheffield United? Well, I think obviously the the one big the one big name we think is going to come back in the side. Hopefully, Ben Davies replaces Jackie Long throw, and then you know it's too early to tell what what's wrong with the law firm. So I don't know if we slide in Sanderberger in for for the law firm, and then I just don't know the health of our strikers. So do we go with Indai and, and Billy Sharp up front again? You know, I mean, at this point, I, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I'm not me, sure. For me, that's that's who I'd like to see. I wouldn't have a problem with 
the lineup we put out today, obviously you're probably going to have Ben Davies, like I said, and you're going to have probably somebody slide in for, for Gibbs White. But other than that, the side could probably stay the same. Yeah, I mean, my question is, is Fleck finally going to, you know, get Horahan out the side? I mean, he's been good. I I, I don't think he's really had a, a bad game in the last, like, five or six games, Horahan. So, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Is it kind of one of those deals where they're going to bring back John Fleck slowly but surely? We'll give him a few minutes here. We'll give him a few minutes here. And then, you know, it might be three or four games before he gets back to a full, full start, you know? Yeah. So we'll just have to see what happens there. Yep. And for my money, I mean, I, I keep Bogle because I think this is going to be this next game against Preston North End, I think is going to be a lot more positive as far as our attacking is concerned. And that's where Jaden Bogle really shines is, yeah. is, you know, getting down the right hand side of the pitch and attacking. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some fancy footwork, but he looks like he's going 200 miles an hour out of control. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of noticeable uh, on several drives. Like, they were few and far between, obviously, in this game. But when he did get the ball, I mean, he'd just drive it until the point where, you know, there was a, a brick wall, you know, as far as one of one of uh, Fulham's defenders. And he'd just seed possession right back, and, and they'd cycle it back and get it forward. So, yeah, I but look, I think that Preston North End's defense is not going to be as solid as as that of Fulham. Mm-hmm. So what about a score prediction from you, Chad? Okay, I'm going to flip this. Uh, I said 3-0 against... We were going to lose 3-0 against Fulham. I think I'm going to go 2-0 against Preston. I think 2-0. That sounds like a good result. I, I That's my exact, exact same result that I have as far as my prediction is concerned. Yeah. Who do you have goals from? I got Billy and I have Norwood. Billy and Norwood get a goal. You've said Norwood a lot this season. So I mean, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a ping, man. I'm waiting for a ping. Eventually, you're going to be right if you just keep saying Norwood. Yeah, right. Sometime he's going to score. I'm going to say Billy Sharp scores a goal, draws the record for most goals in the championship all time. And based on the performance today, I think Illiman and Jaya gets another goal. Good shout. Good shout. If maybe if Sander Badegay comes in, he gets he gets a goal. He's due. See, that was that was going to be the other one I was going to say <laughs> instead of Nora. I was going to say Sander Badegay. Well, we'll see. Come the weekend, I think that's pretty much all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter, and you can follow me personally at, on Twitter and Instagram cjarvis underscore thirteen. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at SunPuck on Instagram and at Nessman930 on Twitter. If you haven't done so already, please give this podcast, social media, a follow. You can find us at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And if you're listening to this podcast right now from Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. If you don't like what you're hearing, uh, you know, fuck off. But... Uh, <laughs> and a review. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it from us. So until this Sunday, Boxing Day, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. 